If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And if you are a new listener, my name is Mimi and welcome to my podcast. Bonjour mes anges. This is the first full official episode of my podcast after about a year and a half. And I wasn't actually planning for this to be my first episode and I had two others besides this one recorded. But as I was having the conversation with my two guests, it just felt right. Not only is November my birthday month, but it is also Movember, or some of you may know it as No Shave November. It exists to raise awareness for men's health issues, but today I want to focus specifically on mental health. At the end of the episode, I will read out some resources, so do stay until the end, or I mean, you can skip right there if it's something you need right away. I haven't listed the help. Wow, that sounds so dramatic. Scrap that. I will be speaking to two of my male friends about their experiences and hopefully there are things that you can take away from that conversation. I asked you guys on my Instagram if you had any specific questions or if you wanted to be involved and a lot of guys had amazing points and I had really in-depth one-on-one conversations but They were scared to actually speak on my podcast because of how they would be viewed by women. They were chasing. Okay, that sounds very South African. It's a very South African thing to say. What I meant was women they fancy, but especially by their boys. Even then, I had a couple of guys that volunteered, but the ultimate decision was actually up to me. I decided to speak to Ben and Hafiz specifically because I have extreme respect for their passion about this topic, but also because while I have two completely different relationships with them, I've seen the relationship dynamic between them and their quote-unquote boys. It's normal to see a group of lads that have fun and get along and so on, but it's not often that you're able to see their outward manifestation, if you will, of a healthy emotional dynamic in between the guys in those groups now that's not to say that they their groups go around crying and all that that's absolutely not what i'm trying to say but i think they will speak on that so it will make more sense coming from them i'm going to let them introduce themselves and i hope that you take away something from this conversation the sound quality will be a bit spotty at the beginning and maybe a few times during the episode because as you know we're all in varying stages of some form of lockdown due to the pandemic let's jump into the episode uh hi hi everyone um my name is Afiz, and i've known miriam for six six seven years and yeah you know she's she's pretty much uh, as close as you can get to family without actually being blood and you know this this topic is is one i think it should be important to everyone really it's just something that we don't practice enough um outside of simply not even talking about it we just don't practice it enough hence hence why there's so many people that are afflicted by it currently um yeah, and and to me, even in um even in a professional manner, because uh, I'm studying medicine, it's it's something that's important in your in in your day to day life. Um, hey everybody, my name is Ben. Um, I am a third year sports journalist student at uh, the same university, actually, as Miriam, both at Northampton University. Um. How I know Miriam is through uh, mutual classes together. So uh, in the first year, didn't really know, didn't really know her at all. To be totally honest with you, yeah. um, 
didn't really didn't really know her at all. But then in the second year, we had mutual classes together, um, and then we just sort of connected and sort of bonded and got to know each other from that point onwards. Really, so that's how uh, we we sort of know each other now. Um, and this topic is just is something that. Um, you know, you'll, you'll hear it so much that it's not talked about enough at all. Um, it's something that a lot of people um, intentionally or unintentionally cover up. And it's something that should be spoken about much, much more. Um, and I've definitely, you know, in the last few years, probably three, four years, maybe even five, um, this is definitely a topic that's been so, so um, big for me. Uh, and it's something that I will... I will always, you know, I'll always talk about it and say how I feel, how I think about it. And uh, I'm a great listener as well. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to uh, getting started. I did have an initial question I want to, I wanted to start with, but um, from both of the introductions from Ben and Nafiz, I think one thing was really interesting and it was the idea that it's not spoken about enough. And I kind of want to revisit that with both of you because what I've found personally or what I see on social media is that it's definitely spoken about, but it's not practiced or it doesn't look the same in practice. So what are your kind of opinions on that? And how do you think, besides us just having this conversation that that can change just like with anything actually practicing it is a lot more difficult than talking about it and especially with something that has not been even considered as a part of anyone's health for well ever and now it's being you know something that people are trying to implement it's not easy it's hard you know with, with the especially with the demands of, of life now with how busy you can be even from like our age, how busy someone can get really quickly and and how life hits you, you know, with so many things. And, and, and then you find yourself, you know, unable to do the little things that actually um, apply to keeping your mental health um, in a stable state. So it, it's, it's very difficult to, to apply. Like it takes a lot of actual concentration and effort to apply um, and, in, in a real in real life scenarios yeah i would uh i mean i definitely agree with everything that hafiz has just said he he is so it, it's such a topic it's a topic that especially i mean just before you know covid came and everything like that it, it was it was a big topic then now it's just covid's just added on to added on to how big this topic actually is um and you know it, i i would agree with what both of you said that it it definitely is spoken about it definitely is um but you know you go back to that word practice is it practiced enough is it practiced at all well you could argue that it, the one the the one main answer to that is that is not practiced enough and i feel like us as as men and guys should speak up speak up so much more because there are, you know, there are those different responsibilities in a way that, like Miriam, you were saying earlier, that sometimes, you know, um, sometimes girls can sort of say, oh, I want a guy who, you know, for example, who can show his emotions and cry and all of these things. But uh, when it actually gets to it, 
then they complete they want the opposite if that makes sense so um yeah i but definitely from from a guy's point of view um it's, it's something that guys and men should just be completely open with everything there's there's no point in bottling it up because in my own personal uh perspective the longer you bottle it up for the worse it's gonna the worse it's gonna get and your head it's just going to be all over the place. So it's best to sort of build that courage up and actually speak your mind and speak how you actually feel. And then from then, it's all about, you know, the road to recovery, really. Our main points for today that I really wanted to touch on, because there are actually quite a few, and, and uh, what I think these two would also really love to talk about is being emotionally vulnerable and honest around your boys which I think is extremely important and which is one of the reasons why I'm talking to them too specifically you guys obviously didn't hear me do the introduction but I did mention um, your friendships with the guys that around you that I see and then also um, men's mental health within relationships and breakups and dealing with that um, for both of you how comfortable are you around you know, the men that are around you, around your, you know, the lads and stuff, you know, when things are not fun, how comfortable <laughs> are you being open about your emotions? Um, yeah. Oh, wait, do you want to go first? No, no, no go first, go first, go first. Okay. <laughs> um, for, for me, it's, it's, it's nothing complicated, you know, with, with me and, and Osas and Dubs and all that. It's not, there's like, we can talk about emotions anytime. Um, very comfortably uh, uh, with like it's pretty much always um, always been like in, in terms of I haven't always been open but them always being receptive to, to, to me wanting to talk uh, about whatever is going on it's always they've always been very um, good with that but I would say you know with other other male friends and all, a lot a lot I know a lot of guys who don't believe um, opening up is something um a guy should do or you know a, guy, a, a male relationship shouldn't involve um certain emotional um vulnerabilities and things like that so it's a pretty uh, prevalent mentality among um a lot of guys but yeah not 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 with um assassin groups yeah i would um i think miriam i think especially from a university point of view and you know that myself and all the other sports guys we're very very uh we're very very we're probably the closest group you'll find yeah. at uni we've always Absolutely. you know we've got we, we've always got each other's backs 100 percent of the time um and i suppose from my point of view definitely i think um especially within that group um you know if if you know you're not feeling 100 percent or if there's not something not quite right mentally or whatever it is um you know i've definitely got the trust of all of them that um that you know i can approach them and, and i hope that from their point of view it's the same with me as well because um i think just the thing is with that group in particular we just bonded so so well uh, I think it was a bit of, we kind of had to, like once we started uni, we kind of like, we were a group of like 15 lads where we were doing the same course. We kind of had to like, we had to sort of get on with each other, but it was, it was so like, it was straight away. It was so natural. And, and it's been like that throughout the whole, um, throughout the whole time we've been at uni. Um, and I guess 
I've got other groups of friends as well. Um, I guess on the other hand, um, I mean, I've got other groups of uh, guy mates that, you know, are, um, they're just as close as these other guys. Um, but, um, you know, we can talk about is, uh, is everything okay, like mental health wise and everything like that. And I've actually been through a situation recently with other lads uh, outside of uni that has led to, as of right now, I've lost three of like my really close mates from this massive situation that's gone on um, over the last 10 months, which is, it's, it's not great to be totally honest with you. It's awful. I don't like it. Um, and to be fair, it's, it's got a female involved as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's not, it's not a great situation, but unfortunately, uh, one of the guys that, uh, you know, will far rewind 10 months ago, September, uh, I was really, really good mates with him and certain things have happened in between then and now. And, um, you know, he, he's got real strong opinions about me and he doesn't like me. And, um, through that whole situation of me trying to like get him on a personal level and try and talk to him one-on-one and things like that and trying to be very mature. Um, it's led me to losing him and two other lads as well. So, um, you know, it's one of, it's one of those things where, um, I just got to let it, I got to let it run at the moment. I've got to let, like, let it take its course, but you know, on both, on both sides of the spectrum, you know, yeah, the lads that I've got at uni are, you know, they're, they're great lads and they'll always be there for me. I feel, I feel like, in, on the other hand, with this other situation I've been dealing with, like, outside of uni, back at home, um, I feel like when it, came, when it comes down to it, I feel like two out of the three lads, they would always, you know, if I was in trouble, whatever, and it was something serious, you know, they'd always be there for me. But you've also got to, um, what I've been asking myself recently is, um, no matter happened if they were truly your friends and you could truly count on them then they wouldn't let this rest the way it is and they would help fix it and we'd all fix it and try and move on so um that's it i'm still sort of questioning is that the case or whatever but um you know time will tell i guess but um yeah i think coming back to the point of being emotionally vulnerable and honest i think it's so important it's so important and it will it will show you who you're best friends are and who your acquaintances are if that makes sense because your best friends will be there for you 24 7 no matter what so I think you made a very interesting point that kind of came up and I think that it, it's one thing if that we don't speak about um enough not just in terms of mental health in general the distinction between acquaintances and friends or friends and close friends I think we throw around the word friend so easily and we find ourselves in situations where we think it will go a certain way because these people are our friends or we view them as our close friends or best friends and it doesn't go that way. And I think it's important to be open, but also know who you should go to, um, if that makes sense. But there's something that I wanted to ask um, both of you. A lot of people, but especially guys, don't view you know male friendships or relationships as an outlet where you can be openly emotional 
if you can't talk to each other, who are you supposed to talk to? Because we can't just assume that, oh, you need to go talk to women or be with the women. If guys can't talk to each other, who are they meant to talk to? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's a, that's, that's, I guess that's been part of the big problem. You know, guys, they don't talk to, you know, you, know, you don't talk to anyone. Your guys are just meant to be the people you go around to about <laughs> you, not man, you and Chelsea and, and you know you you don't really talk about the real life, real life situations, and that's what leads to that's what leads to a lot of build up of of anger and 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 resentment and things like that. It just happens so quickly, and you don't even realize it occurring. Yeah, I yeah I'd agree with that, and also I think one of the most important things that is very stereotypical is that the man and the guy is always that we're sort of meant to sort of just get on with it and sort of like man up and just move on sort of thing. Um, you know, but in a lot of cases, it's just not, it's never that simple. It just, it just never is. Um, and I think it's, it's so important that, you know, the sort of the norm now is that, no matter if you are, doesn't matter how old you are or anything, that you do you do feel comfortable enough to have people around you that you're able to be open with. Um, because if you, because like you've both said, if you know if you can't if you can't speak to uh, your boys or the closest um, guys that you've got around you then who can you speak to? Because sometimes in some instances, you know, some people could say, oh, speak to your parents, they'll always love you and things, but they, sometimes they won't understand because of, you know, because it's different generations and things like that. They just, sometimes parents won't understand. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's really important that lads in general, no matter what they go through, they always speak up because um, it's, it's, the only way that you'll better yourself and you'll improve yourself and your mental health is if you speak up, don't bottle it. Because I'm saying that like, that is probably one of the biggest points that I'll put across today is just don't bottle it up. Just go and speak to someone because once you get it off your chest, the even just getting it off your chest, the weight off your shoulders will feel incredible after you've, spoken to someone and said what you actually want to say without getting judged or without getting bullied for it yeah before we get on to uh you know relationships and breakups i think something that is very important that you know is kind of kind of the common thread with everything is not bottling things up and for those of you who don't know um i will obviously put the figures in the introduction which i've done but the rate of male suicide is extremely high. And it's simply because they can't go to anyone. They, if they can't go to their boys, they also can't go to the girls because then they're not seen as masculine. And then where do you go from then? And it kind of builds up and builds up and builds up. And I wanted to know from you guys, what are some healthy outlets that you use to express negative emotions? Because at the fact of the matter is there will be some times where you won't have people to talk to just because people aren't always, you know, physically available. So when you can't talk to anyone, when you need to just release, whether it's sadness, anger, whatever it is, 
what do you do to express those emotions? Um, for me, I have, you know, I, I, I work out and, and that always helps me release certain levels of, of frustration, but um, yeah, sometimes I also play um, video games or, or, you know, I do yoga or I meditate or just literally anything to try and calm, um, calm my mind down or take my mind off whatever is bothering me or whatever the situation is. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with uh, Hafiz's first point, the gym, something so important for, for me anyway, when, you know, if it, especially if it's something you're angry about going to the gym and just letting it rip, basically just absolutely, you know, pretend that it's going to sound quite stupid, but pretend that the dumbbells are, you know, they are the things that you're angry at and you're going to throw them around the room and certain things like that. That's how, that's how I, that's how I do it. And people look at me in the gym and must think, what the hell is he doing over there? <laughs> like, but no, it's so, it's so true because when you go to the gym, it releases endorphins as well. So, uh, you walk out, when you walk out, you feel a hundred percent or at least better than you did walking in. And I know it's sometimes people always struggle getting that motivation going to the gym, but especially if, you are in that situation where you're angry at a situation or you're confused or whatever. Uh, yeah. Going to the gym is probably one of the top ones for me or, you know, even, even lying on my bed, listening to music and just shutting your eyes and taking yourself mentally to your happiest place, whether that's on a beach in the middle of a city, in the middle of a rainforest, wherever it might be. Um, yeah. And just taking that time, don't you know don't look at your phone put a playlist on and just just listen to music and just sort of take yourself away from the real world for a bit and just sort of recover um recover your mind and recover your soul and recover your body as well um yeah they're they're probably the top two for me wow it's it's really funny because i i feel like society has created this weird divide between men and women where yes we kind of we deal with our emotions differently because we wire differently but a lot of the times when i speak to people we have the exact same ways that we unwind and the same ways that we would want to be open about our emotions and express them and it's so frustrating and amazing to hear at the same time because it's like oh cool they're just like us but at the <laughs> same time it also sucks because they're just like us why is it so difficult for this conversation to move beyond a conversation yeah. having said that we're going to jump onto relationships and breakups we're going to talk about mental health with that um a little bit what does let's just kind of start from a, a good base point what does a, an emotionally healthy relationship look like to you and do you think that you have experienced it or that you are experiencing it at the moment um first off uh, like in terms we we've said a lot about you know society creating uh certain environments and and things for men and all you know but i think it's important to point out that these social constructs were all created by men you know they were all set up and 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 placed by men and they've just been there for such a long time it's it's like oh yeah society did this but you know let's not ignore it men have been also pushing forward this mentality because it, it has a lot of benefits for them. So 
Um, yeah, just just wanted to make sure we pointed that out. In terms of the relationship thing, yeah, I think I'm in a pretty healthy relationship right now. Um, I think, you know, what it looks like is is really having someone that you can um, you can count on for during during any situation and be able to be able to be able to talk to and trust you know someone you can really trust and and i guess that's kind of the key word really just trust in every definition trust that they'll be there for you trust that they'll listen to you um trust that they trust you enough you know to to open up to you to be to 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 rely on you when when they need it um yeah you know for me any healthy relationship if there is if trust isn't your main um your main standout point of your relationship then it's not healthy yeah i um i think from my point of view i agree hafiz is very correct when he says trust is the number one trust is there's got to be trust there's got to be trust there it doesn't matter what it's about you know you could have done something incredibly wrong or something wrong in society or whatever um and it's always important that who you're in a relationship with that person is always going to be by your side and always going to support you no matter what it is um uh yeah trust is definitely trust's number one for me um i also i'd I'd also say um you want to the person that you know emotionally um emotionally has the same values as you as well or who emotionally who um who just bonds with you as well so someone who just you know you can it, it there's no no awkwardness no struggle in speaking your heart or your mind or anything someone who can just you know someone who can just sort of vibe with you and talk to you for hours on end without getting bored i think that's that's important as well because um that's where like i just said you can vibe off each other and you can help each other improve and and things like that so uh yeah i would agree trust and i'd I'd agree having those um having those common interests i'd say whether it's emotionally physically going out and doing things that you both enjoy you know just having those common interests having those common values um you know they're always that's always gonna stem and push towards having a healthy emotional relationship or a healthy relationship in in all in all aspects uh yeah i just want to point out um another um another point because you know obviously i said trust um but it's always like it just i just you know kind of realized that you don't you know trust also something that you build you know it's not something you can have immediately when you start a relationship or anything like that and that's just normal um but you know something that you can't have uh like right from the start is that if you, if you want the relationship to work and you want it to be um a long-term thing it's it's compromise you know you have to be willing to compromise and and um and you know understand the other person and and do things that you may not do if you were single um in order to just you know balance things out obviously it's not to betray who you are or you know reduce yourself in any way but you know being able to compromise certain things is, is, is the only way you can get to that stage of of i think um tr- like trust where it's like 
there's this impermeable level of trust that no matter what happens, you guys, you know, you trust each other. Before we kind of uh, go any deeper into the conversation, for both of you, you know, looking at past relationships, current relationships, even looking forward to the future, um, it doesn't have to be official. It didn't have to be official, by the way. Um, but just in terms of your relationships with, with women over the years, what has your personal growth been like, you know, in terms of how you relate to them emotionally now versus maybe say a couple of years ago when the you know mental health conversation wasn't something that we were having uh, <laughs> i the reason the reason i laugh is because the when you go into a relationship you think you think you know so much about uh the person you're with and then all of a sudden you learn thousands and thousands of like things that you never knew about them and it's 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 every relationship has its highs has its lows um i i'm i'm relationships that um it's 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 a great time amazing time that you don't regret any of it at all but it's also it's also an emotional roller coaster as well massive emotional roller coaster uh on both on from both parties as well from both parties i know from speaking from experience it was definitely um my past relationship it was it got to a point where um look when once lockdown started um i was living with my ex-girlfriend um for months for about four months and it was it was so it was it was so hard we thought we'd go into it and we thought we thought oh we'll breeze this we'll be fine at the end of it like we'll, we'll be fine and it was just it it started off it started off okay and then as time went on it just got so and i'm sure she'll be okay with me saying this but it just got it's got so hard to sort of maintain the satisfaction factor of um of the relationship because it was just you know, you, you never got that, you never got that time to sort of, you, you never got that time to do anything fun. You know, you were locked down, you were in the house, you were with each other 24 seven. You were, you know, you were always, um, you, you were always, like I said, with each other. Um, and the, you know, when it got to March, April time, it was, you know, all you could do really was go outside for an hour for exercise. And like, and then you'd come back and then it'd be like, great, well, we're in the same situation again. What are we going to do? You know? Yeah. Um, um, but like I said, it, it's, I don't, you know, I, I don't regret any of it. I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, and my pre previous relationships uh, before my past one as well. Same, same thing applies really. Um, no, I've never come, I've never come out of a relationship and regret any of it. I've always enjoyed um, all the stuff that I've uh, that I've had, but I, I would say that um, you know it is a relationship is an emotional roller coaster. I think that's the that's the best point. So you know, from a girl's point of view, girls don't know certain things that guys go through. Guys don't know certain things that girls go through. That you can always you're always there and you're always going to support each other. But there's just certain things that you know you might find easier talking to a guy about instead of a girl, you know, certain things like that. And um, that, and it comes back to um, from a men's mental health standpoint that it's so important that you can talk to both 
girls and guys as well because it's just it's just that's the that's the way it should be really i think everyone should have that have that confidence and have that um have that sort of guarantee that you know they they do have those people whether they're males females whatever that they can talk to in terms of the the growth i personally had in terms of being able to to talk about my mental state and and things like that during our relationship i think the first time i did it was like a month into the relationship um i had my own personal reasons for doing so but uh for, for me it was always from 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 the beginning of the relationship you know i felt i was in something serious or special or you know anything along those words and you know if if, if it was going to to work she needed to know who who, who i was you know so for me that was kind of the the first step i took but it was never easy it was never easy um it probably didn't get easy even even now it's not easy but it's a lot easier but yeah it's never easy to 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 make yourself vulnerable it's against like every everyone's instincts i think for males and females you know your instincts to 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 make yourself vulnerable so i guess that was the growth i had personally and as a relationship like together I think the biggest growth that we had was that usually when you enter a relationship, you know, everyone has, even during the relationship at the beginning, everyone had, each person has like this version of the person that you've implemented into your head. And you're like putting these expectations you've created based on this version of them you've created without actually getting to know them fully. Um, you're putting these expectations on them and then when they don't meet them or anything, you know, it, it's just it's a, it makes things harder when you do that you know and i found out like really early that it's just easier rather than trying to create a trying to use this version of them you've created to set a standard just get to know the person you know it, it really prevents a lot of fights and a lot of issues and a lot of confrontations that you know you don't need to have if you really get to know who they are um it makes it so much easier to to, to compromise or understand what they need you to do without really needing to ask them. And it just makes things easier and it comes back to the whole compromise point. So, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, going back to compromise, actually, I'm, I'm glad that you ended with that. Um, what does good conflict resolution look like for both of you? Because, you know, as it is, just in general, I know people are individuals and they're all different with how they deal with emotions, but men and women deal with emotions very differently. And you'll often find yourselves in a space where maybe you deal with anger differently. Like, say for myself, I'm someone who has a very calm anger. I can be extremely angry, but in that moment, I need to walk away first and have my time and come back. Because if I say anything out of anger, I don't know what's going to come out. I'm not going to say anything particularly malicious because that's not what I like to do but the version of the truth that will be given will be the most painful one but then I also know guys who are not like that who need to deal with things there on the spot otherwise they feel like oh this person's gone it could be worse and whatever so how have you navigated that within relationships maybe being with people who you just have different ways of handling you know situations yeah I um I think that's a really good question because I think I definitely think everyone, um, every man is different in the way that they deal with conflict and they deal with, you know, situations that they're in. 
um, growing up, I was never, um, I was never a confrontational kind of person. I'd never, um, I, in fact, growing up, I was, I was actually like bullied at school. Um, I was bullied for five years on and off uh, in secondary school. So, um, and I was just, I was completely, um, it, it was manipulative as well. So it was sort of, it was one of those where, um, it was one of those where one day you'd be best mates with the person and then the next day they'd hate you for something or they'd make you do things that you didn't want to do um, and things like that. And um, I, I'd never stand up for myself. Then things, I don't, it, was, it was a bit of a light, it was literally as quick as like a, a light switch. Like I just flicked the light on and then I, the way that I would deal with it, I would deal with it in a calm manner, but I'd also... I, I'm more of a confrontational person now. So um, if someone's got an issue, I would sort of not confront them like aggressively, but I would go and talk to them straight away um, and sort of be like, look, what's, what's going on? What's the problem sort of thing? Um, especially in that situation that I've mentioned earlier about people, uh, a couple of lads back home. Um, you know, I've tried, you know, in the past, you know, I've, past few months i've tried to um you know I've, I've tried to sort of reason like resonate with resonate with um with, with them and try and come on like good terms and try and be honest with them and truthful and because honesty i i live by the saying honesty is the best policy um and um you know for one reason or another they're people that um a couple of the guys that aren't the main focus of attention but they're they're real close mates to this other person um they've said they've tried to say like they're not involved but then they say they're not involved but then they're sort of their thinking of the whole situation is that uh, I'm at fault and it's my, it's my fault and everything like that. And I don't appreciate that because, um, you know, we're, at the end of the day, uh, the person that's involved, this main person that's involved is, um, I'm trying to do the best by him. I'm trying to help him out because uh, I'm not so sure that he's 100% on the same page as everyone else. And 100%, I'm not sure, so sure that he 100% knows everything that's gone on in the last 10 months, but everyone, like, like you said, you know, everyone deals with situations differently. And um, as much as like with that situation in particular, it's, it, it hurts and it's not, it's not nice because, you know, like I, like I said earlier, 10 months ago, I was really good mates with all three of these lads and, you know, we were going to the pub and everything. We we're having a really good time. 10 months forward, um, it's, that's just not the case anymore. It's, it's completely different. Um, and you know if i had my way of it i would you know i'd complete i'd sit all three of them down and be like look let's sort this out once and for all everyone say everyone say their bit we'll we'll see what's the best way to what's the best way to like what's the what's the best way to sort of deal with it and i'd lock the door i wouldn't let anyone leave until <laughs> until we all, we've all dealt with it and we're all like yeah we're all good okay there you go yeah. but again you know people deal with things differently so that's really interesting. Before I before I get to you, Hafiz, I actually have to say something that is so funny to me because even having this conversation, 
with both of them is so bizarre because this is like two completely different sides of my life colliding. And, you know, I have completely different relationships with both of them. And it's, it's weird because obviously, Ben, like we, we haven't known each other long. So everything I'm learning about you is pretty much in this moment. But with <laughs> Hafiz, Hafiz, I've seen you grow just from the time that I knew you from when we were in high school and, and throw away all the years that we've come past just between 10th and 12th grade. Hafiz was the complete opposite. You were so <laughs> confrontational. You were beefing with everyone and their cousins. And it was <laughs> crazy. I remember us being such good friends from the beginning, but I just could not understand this anger that you had. And while it was always, and I can actually say this, it was always justified, your reaction was always way more than it needed to be. And I've seen you go the complete opposite, going from being... I mean, I would still say you're confrontational enough to the point that you want to deal with things, but I've seen you go from kind of aggression to, okay, let's sit and, and talk through this and kind of doing the, okay, let's count to 10 and think. Um, so it's, it's very interesting to, to hear Ben's journey and then kind of think of how I've seen you and how that's changed. Um, what has that evolution been like for you and how did you get from you know, being that guy that everyone was scared of in high school to the one that was our class president and everyone, not even class president, high school president, and that everyone was going to for. What was that like for you? What changed? In, you know, in, in 10th grade or 9th grade or before that, that's, that's how I dealt with my emotions, you know. So one of my, my main points to, like, your initial question is that, you know, sometimes the compromise thing and anyway, friendship, you know, relationship, whatever, it's important because sometimes the way you deal with things, it's not, <laughs> it's not the right way. So just because it's what you're used to doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's the healthy way. Um, so that's how I used to deal with things. Literally any negative emotion I felt, frustration, anger, annoyance, it came out angrily, whether it was me yelling at someone or quite literally just fucking with them for the, for the hell of it or, or if it came out, you know, um, in a more physical manner, it, it just came out in, in, in any way it wasn't. It came out very angrily, as you were saying. Um, the change, like I was always trying to change. Just, I didn't, it was, it was, it, it was kind of hard to, to do so. Because mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like I sit down and I plan like I'm going to be angry when this happens. It was all instinctual. Like everything that everything I'd say or do was off the cuff. Like it was off the top of my head. Um, so the, I guess the biggest change, the biggest jump was, I think it was like three weeks or something into my relationship with, with Jennifer and we were at the lockers. Um, I know probably other people can actually imagine this, but, um, you know, I ask you, you know, at the lockers where you keep your bags or whatever. And, we're talking there like a bunch of other people there. I don't know. She, I don't remember what she said or what I said. I don't remember the entire context, but what I do remember and what I can never forget is that I raised my voice at her. She said something and I guess I didn't like it or I didn't agree with it or whatever. And I raised my voice. I didn't insult her, but I raised my voice. I like, I yelled at her, you know, how, how I talk sometimes, you know, I yelled at her and when I say I've, no one has ever looked at me the way she looked at me like that. And like, I've never melted so quickly in my whole damn life. <laughs> like my whole attitude changed so quickly. And yeah, she walks away from me. 
And, you know, obviously she's upset. And then, you know, we get to talking later. And, you know, she simply just said, like, that shit can't happen again. Um, yeah, she was right. <laughs> and I guess after that, it made it, it, made it a bit easier, you know, because I, I was always trying to change. You know, you can ask Osas and, and Kelechi, and, like, from ninth grade, it was even before we, from even eighth, like before we got close, it was even worse. Um, like the anger stuff, it was, it was like when it, when it happened or it took over, it was like a blur, like it just took over. So it was worse. I was getting better, but it wasn't at a quick enough rate. And I guess the, the, you know, when Jennifer came in, I guess I also had someone who I could talk to more, you know, I could talk to her more and express more. And that it didn't feel as like sometimes I would get angry, but then I'd be able to control it. But then most of the time it was kind of like this isn't really that big of a deal, you know. So it went from me getting mad when some idiot who I didn't even know their last name said something about me to now it was like, who are you really? You know, like <laughs> why should I care? You know, so it, it took that huge. Yeah, like it it took a huge leap where I just I just went to a phase of, of it was only those who were important to me that could really get under my skin. Wow. <laughs> it's it's just interesting to hear because I'm I'm picturing all of this in my head and uh I think that that's kind of a, another interesting thing. Obviously with relationships and friendships you you deal with them completely differently, especially um emotionally, but how do you guys find a balance between your relationships and your friendships and by this I mean how much do you share with your boys when you need to offload when you need to talk versus what needs to stay within the constraints of a relationship because it's difficult you know when you're upset when you're angry when you're sad whatever you want to talk to someone about it you need to go to someone and I'm asking this specifically because with both of you and by the way guys I'm not calling them out or anything both of you have been or are in relationships with my friends and it's weird because lots of people always jump to, of, of course, you would want to side with your friend or listen to what your friend is saying. But a lot of people jump to breaking off a friendship with the other party or whatever. And then they look like the fool in the end because it's it's not their relationship. So how do you keep that balance without making things, you know, obviously you're not in a relationship with other people, so it doesn't really matter what they think. But how do you keep a balance with how much you tell people when you need to offload what you keep in the relationship and then also making sure that it doesn't get weird if you have mutual friends. Yeah, I would, um, I think at the end of the day, I think what separates it is where it comes down to trust. I think when you're in a relationship and obviously Miriam, like you just pointed out, I have been in a relationship with one of your good friends. Um, I think the way that it, the way that sort of it goes is I think there's, I think you can be on a level. I think on a level you can be more personal with your partner and who you're in a relationship with. Um, and it's really, I think it's really important to sort of have that balance where, you know, if you're in a relationship, you can openly talk about anything because you guys are together and you guys will go through life together and go through the best of times and the worst of times together and all, all of these um, sorts of things. And then when it comes down to 
you know, for example, what, how much am I going to talk to, you know, my boys about, or, you know, the friendship groups that I have. Um, I think, again, it's, it's, it's also, it's about what you're sort of comfortable with as well. If you feel like, you know, personally, if you feel like you can go to a couple, you know, in my, uh, in my sort of experience, if I, if I felt like I was comfortable enough to go to some of the guys on my course and, you know, sit them down and be like, look, I'm going through this situation, blah, blah, blah. Then if I'm comfortable with that, that, and I know that I can trust them not to go and tell the whole world and not to go spread these um, the things that I'm telling them, then I don't think I think there's I don't think there's anything wrong with you know sort of having that personal conversation with both your friends and uh, your partner as well. But I, I feel like there needs to be number one. It comes back to the trust. There needs to be trust in both parties, definitely. Um, and secondly, there also, you know, there there does need to be that balance because if it's if it's on a real deep personal level, then you know, personally, I would, um, I would, you know, if I was still in a relationship, I would go and talk to my partner because uh, you've just you've probably got that little bit of extra deep connection with them where they can really help you like when it gets to the real nitty gritty and deep stuff whereas um on a friend sort of side there they are they're there for you just as much but you've sort of got that extra deeper connection with your other half if that makes sense i guess if it's, if it's like relationship issues which i don't have too much experience with but when okay big flex <laughs> when when it like if 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 there is one and in any scenario it's like you know you deal with it in, in within the relationship uh i don't think it, you you have to get it out to your friends or even your mutual friends in any way because there is no point of there's no point to involve them till it gets to a stage where it's i guess deeper but yeah, I think you try and deal with it um, as a couple. You know, at, at the very least, you try to deal with it as a couple first. In my opinion, you keep it there, but, you know, people are different. And yeah. I would just, just sorry to, like, interrupt you. I would, I would just agree with exactly what you just said, that it is super, super important that if it is relationship-wise, keep it between you two. It, I'm a very, very strong believer that if it is something to do, you know, if it's relationship issues or whatever, then don't get other people involved. Just keep it between you two unless, you know, and this is very, very, very like last resort, unless you have to get someone else involved. Um, then, you know, if it is a relationship issue, then keep it between uh, you two. Unless... And it's awful when you say it, but unless there's someone involved within the relationship or whatever, then obviously whoever's, whoever's, you know, whoever's part of it, then bring them in as well. But if it is, like Afis has just said, if it is relationship issues, 
it needs to stay between the two just to keep it healthy and on that level. But Hafiz, sorry, carry on. No problem. Um, yeah, and I guess also, you know, every situation can be different. You know, you have situations where maybe the, the problem, you know, to put it lightly, maybe something like abuse or whatever. And in those situations, obviously, you have to involve um, other people. But in terms of just like, uh, you know, there's a disagreement between you two. Mm, I think, you know, you should be able to solve it between you two. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, and when it comes to just, you know, my personal issues and who I share it with, well, for me, the breakdown goes, you know, Jennifer, she gets everything. She gets all of it, um, even the repetitive ones. And then from there, you know, it's you guys. And, and you, get, you get everything, but you don't get it as repetitively as she does. You know, you hear about the problem, but I don't say it every time I feel it or, or every time it happens. So that, that's really just the difference to me. Um, but again, you know, you guys aren't my normal friends, you know, so it's not, it's, it's a different, um, it's a different level to it. If, if we're talking about normal friends, they get like the basic shit. Um, yeah, they get the basic shit, you know, and then. But you guys are like family and also, you know, you, you, even if I don't say, you know, it's, it's easy to tell when I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good at hiding my emotions. So it's easy to yeah. tell when I'm not. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I was asking that, that question mostly out of curiosity because um, I've, I've pretty much been in both situations where I am a mutual, a mutual friend. Like I'll usually be closer to one person or whatever, but um. I tend to not get involved just because I have been in situations where, you know, you have that one friend who always seems to have, you know, like a toxic person that they're with and they always, they come to you, they say all these things, they offload. And in your head, you think, oh my goodness, I hate this guy. He's terrible. And then like two weeks later, they're back together. Meanwhile, you've gone and blocked him. I followed him and you look like an idiot. But then Hafiz, you actually know the situation. I've also been in another situation where I had to physically intervene yeah. because it was an abusive relationship and it felt terrible because I don't like being involved in people's relationships because it's two people but I was seeing the pattern of abuse whether it was happening in school or outside and people kept telling me don't get involved and I wish that I had gotten involved more because it wouldn't have gotten to the extent that it did and, and to the situation that kind of ended everything. So for me, I think it's really amazing to hear because I think it is an important value to, to keep it between the relationship, but there will obviously be, you know, times when things kind of get blown out of proportion. It might not be abuse, but there might be situations where someone else is involved. Um, this is kind of, I don't know if this is really included um, within that, but I wanted to quickly touch on the myth of the soft boy versus the fuck boy. So, yeah. you know, the fuck boy would be, you know, the bad boy. Every girl wants a quote unquote bad boy. He is openly terrible. He treats girls pretty badly, but he's cool. And, you know, you'll be on his arm for a second and he's gone. I don't know why that's attract. Well, I kind of do, but, you know, you have that. Whereas now we're seeing a complete 180 to the soft boy, you know, He's not afraid of his his emotions and he paints his nails or or whatever. But what I'm finding is 
inherently we see one as more feminine and the other one as more masculine because the fuckboy, as terrible as he is, we see him as masculine because he's quote-unquote strong. He has no emotions. He's reckless. And then we've got the soft boy. And, and to kind of explain to the listeners why I'm speaking about this, I was telling Ben a story earlier of what actually spurred me to record this episode. Um, I saw someone on Twitter who had sent in a, a confession to, you know, one of those like uni confessions pages and she had said that before she always said she wanted a boy who was a soft boy, who was emotional and was cute with her and, and you know, all of that, until she got one. Because as much as we keep saying men should be emotional, men should be open, the way society has been built over the years and the way that we have been wired, as much as we say we want that, we still don't view them like that. So the minute a guy is more emotional than he should be, he's almost seen as a bit feminine and to her she didn't see him as masculine anymore and she wasn't coming you know with the confession wanting to figure out what to do from there she knew she wanted to break up with him because she knew she couldn't handle it so what are your views on kind of the whole thing of people saying this is what I want from a man versus you know what they actually get and then how they react what does that do to your mental health knowing that you might be that person where a girl is like, oh, I want that guy who's open. And then suddenly she breaks up with you because, oh, you're too nice, you're too emotional. Like, how, how do you deal with that weird contradiction between the two? Um, well, first things first, I've been called a fuckboy many times. <laughs> many times. Um, but it, I, I really feel that the whole, you know, you say the myth of a soft boy versus a fuck boy. Um, I think, honestly, I, I think there are, there are obviously all different types of guys out there. And obviously some guys will just want to, you know, they just will want to have a one night stand with a girl, then go off to the next girl sort of thing. Um, but I certainly personally, um, I feel like the the whole this whole myth around the whole situation, um, yeah, it, it doesn't. It's it's not a part. It's not positive. It's not a positive thing um, at all. I think um, I think a lot of guys are actually sort of misjudged as well. So yeah. you know, you might see you know you might see a guy one night in a nightclub or whatever. You know, you might see them. Um, trying to get with a girl or whatever and um you know so and i've seen this before where some girls have just seen them on that one night and been like oh he's a fuck boy 100 <laughs> percent like and it and it's just like it's that's just like far from the truth sort of thing um i know a lot of guys who would really who would love to have that sort of positive relationship where you know you, <laughs> You'd love to be able to, you know, just easily, you know, have a relationship with another person and, you know, go out for dinner with them, you know, go on dates with them, all of these different things. And I know so many guys who's like, who say to me openly, this is actually the dream relationship. That's what I want. I don't want to go out every Friday night and try and pull a random stranger and things like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like the whole... 
stereotype around a fuckboy. Um, a lot of a lot of guys are misjudged from it because just because they've seen on one occasion in a nightclub that maybe one guy is trying to get with a girl, and it might be it might come across as on that one particular evening, you know, might be putting a lot of effort into it. So they so then automatically, oh, he's a fuckboy, you know, and um, I just I just don't think I I think it's really I think the terms really sort of. I, I just think there's a lot of misjudgment around the whole thing, personally. Do you think they should just go out the window? Or do you think they should be redefined? I, I think, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't say out the window because there are those guys that are just there to just take a girl home, you know? Like, I'm, like, I'm not saying that there aren't those guys out there. I think you're right. It should be redefined. It, sh- it should be... Don't I, I like the saying? Don't judge a book by its cover, and that's essentially what you know in that nightclub situation. That's essentially what's happening. The girl's judging the guy by what she's seeing firsthand, like in front of her, um, without even speaking to the guy, or without even you know sort of talking to them. So yeah, I definitely think it's more of a. It's not, you know, it's not that the fuckboy is not a thing because. It's been around for many years, yeah. um, but I would say, yeah, more redefined. Yeah, um, for me, for one thing, I've never heard "soft boy" used before, but you defined it, so I get, I get what um, you're talking about. It's kind of like and, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And from you know, every guy I've, I've ever met, I don't think there's any guy who can be put in the box of just a fuckboy or just, you know, a softball. I think there are guys that lean towards one more than the other quite, you know, significantly. But you you also find, you know, a lot of guys that are pretty much just in the middle. And, yeah, uh, I think with things like this, these types of labels, it's, it's just, very, just very hard to put someone in such a specific box. <laughs> and, and... Yeah, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they need to be redefined or thrown away or whatever. I just think having that, you know, as you were saying, you know, judging a book by its cover and letting that entirely, you know, encompass your whole judgment of someone is it's it makes it makes things just tougher <laughs> as a whole for I guess for you and then for them too. So yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to kind of jump back to the relationships part, except we're going to talk about breakups specifically, because I feel like this is almost talked about too much, but not with any depth at all. And that's the how guys deal with a breakup versus how girls deal with a breakup. You always see these stupid, just like skits on social media or people going back and forth and everyone has an idea of how you know guys should deal with it or how guys deal with it and how girls do what does you what what are some things that you've gone through mentally um that have had an impact on your mental health and how did you deal with them you know considering dealing with breakups how how was that like for you um i mean i think one of the biggest things out of that and going through a breakup is one of the most common things as you get out of a relationship and automatically uh once it's happened um there's a bit of 
all the emotions sort of come in at once. So you're kind of a bit, could be, you know, depending on why you broke up, but it could be a bit of relief. It could be a bit of resentment, could be a bit of, oh, fuck, what have I done sort of thing. Like, you know, it, it could be a range of things, but I, I think, um, I think one of the, one of the biggest things that come out of it is a lot of people end up coming out of a relationship and just sort of thinking that they're not good enough at all. And the reason that, you know, the reason that you sort of broke up was because, um, you're just, you're just not a good enough person. Um, and that's, it's happened to, it's happened to me before, um, previously. Um, but the way you sort of, the way you sort of deal with it, the best way, the best way that I deal with it is if, when I've come out of a relationship, uh, the, the one thing I look for is to go to, is to be around people who love me and be around people who I love. So family and closest friends, uh, families, families, um, families, a big one, uh, especially it's difficult in recent times. It's difficult for me because my family live in Australia. So it's difficult because, you know, when you go, <laughs> when, when you go through a bad situation, whatever it might be, and then you just want to be around your family, you, you can't because it's a 24 hour flight away. And especially in these current climate, like this current climate, you can't, you can't even get a flight these days. So um, yeah, it's difficult. So especially recently, the best way that I go through the negative emotions, whether it's a breakup, argument whatever it might be is i look for i look for friends as well and being around a group of friends but i will say that they're usually a group of lads and they're usually you know there'll be a group of us that go out or we might go to the pub we might go for a beer or whatever and i'm not saying drink alcohol to get over your problems i'm not saying that at, at all at all um but uh, yes, everybody listening, please drink responsibly in all situations. Um, but um, no, just being around, just being around close friends. Really, if you can't be around the family for whatever reason, being around close friends is the best way. Is the best way I do of it. And you know, just having a, having a good time, trying to keep whatever's happened out of the mind as best you can. I think is that's really hard. But if you can try and sort of just, you know even going to your sort of best friends and just explaining what's happened and just getting it out. It comes back to that, you know, don't bustle things up, get it out on the table. And once it's out on the table, it's out on the table, you know, at least it's, it's, it's come out of you sort of thing. So you can sort of say it's on the table, the cards are on the table, you know, now it's time to recover and sort of move on and get and move on to like bigger and better things. Meryl, this is kind of a weird question for me. I don't, I don't have that much experience with breakups. Um, Another big thing. But I guess, you know, one, I've had one breakup, really. And it was, it was weird. It was a weird, uh, it was a weird time. I'm, I'm allowed to curse, right? Yeah, I've cursed a bit already. That's fine. I, <laughs> um, it was a weird ass time because... First, it was it was my first um, breakup and everything, and you know, as we've pointed out on on this recording already, I was not a very emotionally stable um, person. Yeah. So 
dealing with like those emotions because for i wasn't you know like from from the beginning i knew i wasn't too upset with the breakup it was just how it happened um that was you know there were a lot of you know parts of it in terms of being embarrassed or oh wait are we thinking sorry ben this is this is completely are we thinking of the same of that one breakup in like that what yeah There's, there's no, there's, there's no other breakup barrier. <laughs> if only you guys knew. Oh, that, that took me a minute. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> um, so yeah, like the, the emotion of you know them, the embarrassment, or even the, as, as Ben said, you know the, not feeling good enough in a situation where I felt I was more than good enough. Um, um, and yeah, there's just so many different different emotions that I've never felt from that standpoint before. And, and then, you know, the, the different phases of dealing with it. Like, again, it was my first breakup. We're in, what, 10th grade or something, like beginning of 10th grade. Yeah, we were I think, 16, maybe? 15, 16. No, no, was it, we was it like, beginning of 10th grade or 11th? Uh, it, was, it was kind of in between. So we weren't even 16 yet. We were maybe like 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Um. So yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually know how to, um, do. And I went to like multiple, <laughs> multiple different phases. And the one thing that was prominent was like, it was very similar to like um, a, a f- this, this feeling, this, this feeling that I had. Uh, e- like I, you, I get usually when, when, um someone would, you know, insult me or attack me in any way. And it was like this feeling of, I have to get you back. Um, in, one, in one way or the other. And it's like, and it's also a very embarrassing feeling because it's a very petty feeling. So, you know, you don't, you, you don't know how to explain it to other people. And then when you bring it into the concept of a relationship, where there's also the obvious, you know, sadness of something ending and, along with, you know, as I was saying, the anger and the embarrassment and all those things, it just became very conflicting because I didn't really, it got to even a point because, you know, as a whole, she wasn't even like a bad person, right? So it was like, how, like, what do I really want to do here, you know, at the same time? So, yeah, it was, it was very, it was a lot, you know, I still don't, I don't think I really know how to handle breakups. So hopefully I don't get to find out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was just a lot. At the, um, at the same time. I, I, I mean, if you want, Mary, you can tell the story, you know, so people understand um, what's um, happening. I would uh, rather not, uh, just because, <laughs> um, you know, they're going to hear. I would just rather not get into that situation. But there is one very important point that you said that I want to pick out of that, that I want to actually ask both of you. One thing when we see when, you know, even having this men's mental health conversation, it always goes back to the same emotions, anger and sadness. And, and those are completely valid. They happen. And I think we speak about them because men don't have a healthy way and it, all, it sometimes comes out aggressively. But how do you navigate emotions that are maybe a bit more complex, like jealousy or even happiness? Because, you know, you don't want to... Some of the guys, I, I actually didn't say this in the intro, which I should have, there were a couple of people who sent me so many good talking points, but they didn't 
this is literally the word that one of them used didn't want to look fruity in front of their boys and it was just so bizarre to me because if they seem too eager about something then it's almost seen as a feminine emotion or if they are jealous they don't really know how to deal with that so how do you navigate emotions that are more complex you know instead of a straightforward one like anger okay you can go work out and stuff but what do you do with things like jealousy or even when you're really happy about something but you don't want to look too happy because it's not manly enough um i think it depends what it is but i i feel with everything like if you're happy about something don't give a shit about anyone else like be happy like you know just you at the end of the day you do you sort of thing um like just yeah if you're happy about something that's happened or yeah whatever it is and you're actually happy express it let the whole world know i mean you know just yeah i think that, i think for me personally that's a straightforward thing because it, no one no one should be holding back your happiness do you know what i mean if you want to celebrate something that's happened or whatever go for it if it's something um if it's something like you know jealousy or something along those lines um the best way to the best way that i would deal with it is just is just think that you know if it's something that you want but you can't have or something like that then just think of it as that it's whatever it is is you're better off without it and there's something that's better coming um and trust the process of life the process of life is is up and down you have highs you have lows um but yeah if jealousy crosses anyone's mind then the best the best thing to do is no matter, no matter what it is or who it is or whatever if you can't have that person or you can't have uh whatever it is then just think that it's it's you're better off without it you don't you don't need it you, there's something better coming your way um and that that's the way that i'd go about it is just this it's if it's if it's a person for example then that's their that's that's their choice they've you know like you're better off without that person that person there's a reason that that person's not in your life if that makes sense um and that's the same with everything really even if it's you know i i don't know like if um you go for a job interview and you don't get the job then there's a reason that you didn't get that job and it means that you're not meant to be in that job and there's something better coming just trust the process of life is how i'd go about it um yeah for me you know when when it comes to happiness you know i obviously agree like you, you shouldn't you shouldn't care how anyone else sees it is your happiness you know you enjoy it, you embody it and and whichever way makes you you know most makes you most happy you know and enjoying that happiness um i guess that i guess one of the you know <laughs> most most muddy emotions is probably like jealousy because and I, like for for me, I haven't really experienced it too much in terms of oh, I want what someone else you know has like like real jealousy in that sense. Obviously, when you see when you see like um 
Um, you know, people that are extremely wealthy living a certain a certain lifestyle. We obviously always make jokes about it, but in terms of really being like properly jealous, um, I haven't had it in that way. But in a in a like relationship scenario where it was like where there's you know, um, someone else wants what you have or whatever, and you, and you tend to you know easily feel jealous in that situation if, if in any way you feel like they're getting um in close proximity to that, that situation um then yeah like for me i've, I've felt that but um again the, the only way to handle that one is is kind of the whole trust and there's no other way like if the if, if you can't if you don't have that um trust foundation you will really and truly go crazy you know um but there's also you know jealousy in terms of in 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 friendships uh like you might not like uh, a little example that you might not like someone but then you you and your friend may be friends with that person or you know be be cool with that person you're smiling because you know with me, with me and you it kind of happened small small at the beginning um but it's it, it wasn't ever something that was too too prominent because i don't think it ever affected our relationship really um but yeah, it, it, it's it's one of the like jealousy, envy, those those type of emotions are one of the ones that you don't tend to feel too often seriously, and then when you do, it's like a truck, and it's like hard to, um, you know, completely gauge how to deal with it. But yeah, <laughs> I don't have too much else to say on that. No, that that that's perfect. And th there's one kind of I, I want to mention specifically, and this is more of a, I guess, a loose question. You don't have to answer it and you don't have to give specific situations. But the one, I don't really know if it's an emotion and I don't, I don't know how you would explain it, but pettiness. Women are allowed, you know, no, no matter how people want to say it, but this is at least from how I've seen it across social media and how I've experienced it. Yes, people might make fun of you or whatever, but women are almost allowed to be petty. And we can do that in any way. You know, a guy breaks up with you and you put glitter in his car or you key his, it, you know, all these things. Um, but what are some situations where you have felt, it doesn't have to be in a relationship, it can be in general. What are some situations where you've just felt petty and you really wanted to do something and you just kind of went for it or even if you didn't act uh, it, like what was that like i'm trying to think i'm not the, i'm not i'm, I'm, I'm not the, i'm not the perfect kind of person so yeah. there have been time there have been times but i'm actually trying to think yeah. of times um one thing i would one thing i would say is not it was it wasn't um it wasn't me as such but the um going back to the going back to the situation that was happening I, that was that's happened with these guys that i've now lost as friends at the moment um the main the main guy that i used to be mates with and uh unfortunately him and i aren't close anymore I, and again he might end up listening to this so if he does listen to it i'd love to speak to him but um, um yeah he um basically the the girl that was involved and that he was with um a long time ago she they they were in a they were in a relationship and it seemed like a, it seemed like a happy relationship and everything um but uh one of the one of the things that 
uh, and this isn't the only time that I've heard a girl say this, but other times is that girls say that, oh, they hate a guy's pettiness and they hate that, you know, that they're petty and it's small things that bother them and there's small things that they can't get over and things like that. So they end up splitting up with them, but then, and then they sort of say that they'd never get back with this person, blah, blah, blah. And then you look at it now and they're back together. And it's not the only, it's not the only time that I've, that I've seen, that I've seen that happen. Um, but it's a common thing for girls I've seen that they say they don't like this. They don't like that about the person. They break up with them. They say never getting back with them. And then a couple of months later or whatever, they're back, they're back together, even though the person's vowed that they'd never get As back a, together. To it, it's a bit confusing. But anyway. To everyone that's listening, that is exactly why you keep your distance from your friends' relationships. Because when you start saying things about the <laughs> other party and you stop being petty, you know, as the friend, because you want to be there for your friend, and they get back with that person, you're the one who looks like an idiot. Hafiz, do you want to say anything about, um, yeah, pettiness and, and just moments where you actually, actually, no, Hafiz, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Moments where you were actually, no. and, you, and you followed through with what you wanted to do. Kind of the aftermath as well. <laughs> moment I was actually petty and I followed yeah. through okay they're, they're like there's so many it's I just know. um okay, the first point on, on what you were saying about you know talking about your friends relationships and all that for me I think I'm fairly someone who who who's honest you know I stick with my uh, my gut feeling and for example you know with the BAM situation I, I never changed my mind. I, I never acted different. There was absolutely no embarrassment on my side. <laughs> I felt very comfortable in my position, um, in my judgment of that situation. So I think it also depends sometimes, you know. Um, but on my personal petty situations, okay, we have, we have a lot. We have a lot. Um, the reason um, I just wanted to ask that question specifically isn't to bait either of you out like i guys ben and hafiz are very good people i can vouch for them they're very <laughs> wonderful <laughs> they really they really are um, but i was just saying this because i am very much someone that believes in an equal playing field we should be able to feel or at least express emotions in the same way in a healthy way make sure you're not hurting people but we can't say that oh it's okay for one you know it's it's okay for us to do something but then guys can't do it same way it's not okay for a guy to be able to do something and we can't it's the whole thing that goes back to you know examples are like slut shaming and all that most guys can like do whatever yeah he'll be labeled a fuckboy, but he'll still get girls whereas for you you might be called a slut and you know there are lots of in-betweens but i think that if we're gonna talk about equality we have to bring it into everything even if it's something as little as how we express emotions like pettiness you can say what you want to say do what you want to do as long as no one is getting harmed in the process do what you have to but um the next question i want to ask you guys is what advice do you have for i would say men around our age who are in university kind of dealing with things and all that who are kind of going through the feeling of not 
being enough, whether it's a specific situation and all of that, how do they navigate that? Because a lot of people, you know, it's really great that you both have, you know, really tight-knit friend groups that you can go to, but a lot of people are away from home, away from their usual friends, dealing with all these things. What advice do you have to them on how to navigate that specific feeling? I think the one thing that I... The one bit of advice that I would give everybody, really, not just men, but everybody, is never think that you're not good enough or that you're not meant to be where you are. Um, I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. Um, so, really, I, I honestly, I would just the best way to sort of combat those emotions and those feelings for me would be focus on yourself and focus on really what you want to achieve uh within you know whether it be short term or long term yeah focus on yourself think what what do i want out of my life what do i want to achieve what do i it could be anything you know at university for example people are at uni if you know when if you're graduating next year how do you, how are you going to get to you know get to your best sort of job like how are you you know how are you going to achieve the best degree how are you going to achieve you know how are you going to get into that first dream job just sort of i i think the best way to go about it is write things down as well write five ten five things maybe even three things that should, could be short term and long term goals that you want and that you're going to stop at nothing uh to to get to where you want to be and get to where um where you want to be in your life and get to those goals and just the biggest bit of advice out of all of that is just never think that you're not enough because you are you're here for a reason you're you know you're special in your own right and there's definitely something out there no matter what it is that you are meant to do and I'm a firm believer in that. So never doubt yourself, really. And if you do start doubting yourself, write things down and talk to the best, talk to people that you feel like you have around you. Um, and if, you know, if things get even worse than that, then there are obviously other ways that you can go about it. You can go get professional help. You can, you know, join a sports club, join a society, something like that. No matter what it is, there's always options and there's always ways out of the dark and there's always ways to get onto the path of success. And everyone's everyone's here for a reason. Everyone's, you know, everyone's destined to do something and be good at it. And I've, I think just trust the process of life, really. Um, for, for me, you know, obviously long-term goals are obviously very important, you know, because they give you something to work towards. Um, but I think especially in this current situation we're in um, with with COVID and, and even though, you know, you're allowed to leave leave your house and everything, for the most part, you're not as much as you used to. Um, and I think it's important to have just simply daily goals, like tomorrow I'm going to eat three times a day or, you know, I'm, I'm going to work out or, or I'm going to try and sleep eight hours. I'm going to try and get to bed at this time. I'm going to you know, if you, you know, in terms of school, I'm going to finish, you know, this chapter or just little, um, 
little goals to help you get through every day. So you can, at the end of each day, you can say, I accomplished something, you know, because sometimes when, when, you know, in this current situation where the future is kind of bleak in terms of we don't really know um, for certain what's, what's going to happen next. And it's kind of hard to picture, you know, your long-term goals in those, in those, in, in this type of situation. So have those short-term ones so you can say, I did this today, I did this today. And it just helps you, you know, get up every day and have something to look forward to doing or look forward to accomplishing. Or even you get up and you can think back to yesterday, I did this, so today I should be able to do this and that. And, and just, you know, giving yourself that little, that little bit of, um, that little bit of motivation to get through your days. And, and, you know, obviously I'm not saying the world is ending or anything like that, but I'm just saying in this situation, you know, we have a, <laughs> we have a, a worldwide disease that we don't have, you know, a cure, a vaccine for, we don't have uh, necessarily the most effective treatment for. And it's also something that's affecting millions and millions of people um, at the same time. So it's just easier to, 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 to try and get through each day, having little goals that will obviously build up to your larger, um, bigger um, um, life goals for yourself. So we're kind of getting towards the end. I've just got two things that I want to end on. Um, the first thing is, you know, we're we having this conversation and we'll continue to have these conversations and that there are so many different things that we can touch on and situations. But when it comes to, you know, your mental health, um, whether it be at your age now, later on and all that, just men in general, what can we, and just as a society, people in general, your friends, the people around you, what can people actually do? You know, what, what in practice, what can we start doing to make sure that men not only know that they can go speak to someone, but that they can actively um, access those resources, whether it be friends around them or you know, actual like medical help? I think the answer to that question is there's a, there's a lot of things that you could do. I think it's, it comes down to one simple point. There's nothing wrong with, you know, messaging um, another mate of yours and saying, how are you, how's things going? You know, just a simple text message to certain people, you know, it literally it can change people's days like i really can and it's something as simple as that just messaging someone in the middle of the day whenever being like hi mate i haven't heard from you for a while how's things like something as simple as that you know um and it goes it goes a long way and you know i'm always the kind of person to i'll always message people and I'll always be like oh let's catch up let's go f let's go for dinner let's you know go for some food let's go for a drink let's do like let's do something let's no matter what it is, if anyone's got, you know, an issue or if anyone's not feeling 100% uh, mentally, whatever it is, I'm always, I'm always going to put myself out there to help others. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm a great listener as well. So um, I've, got, I've got time for other people. You know, it's just it's something as simple as literally just sending a message as simple as saying, how's your day going? Haven't heard from you for a while. Let's meet up for a drink or something like that. It's something as simple as that. It changes people's days and it puts people in such a brighter mindset that there are actually people out there who care about their well-being, who care about their mental health. And it's just so, it's so important, not 
not just and, and I guess the biggest thing out of this is we don't want to create something special and create a massive you know new awareness about this whole thing and then one act on it now when it's really imperative and you look and all you have to do is look at the suicide rates and just you know just that tells you in itself that it's a very fragile time for everyone at the moment and you know we want to get through this in the best possible way and once we've come out of the dark days and life resumes again um in its most normal way then we want everyone to sort of continue on the road of just making sure that we get suicide rates down and check on other people and make sure that they're okay and it's literally something as simple as just sending a message really because it, it does it genuinely genuinely does change people's days and it puts them in such a better mindset yeah i agree with everything um ben said uh uh but just you know an addition is that sometimes there's some things that are out of our capabilities to, to to deal with and it's really okay to just you know go see a therapist i know not everyone can afford um that situation depending on you know where you are because in some places it's more expensive than others but if you can't afford it if you can um you know get professional help it's really okay it's not only for people who are psychotic or whatever it, you know sometimes it's just life is a lot you know and especially during this COVID situation it's really okay to you know get on your laptop and find um a therapist that you can be seeing once a week or, or once a month or however much you need you need to you know um because really and truly they're just it depends on who you are you know something that someone else might be able to handle you might not be able to handle and that that it's really okay we're different people we're different human beings you know different experiences so I guess, you know, outside of everything um, Ben said, I think that's the one thing I want to add is that seeking professional help is, is very okay. Absolutely. Um, I think both of those points are really important and just kind of going off of what Hafiz said, I do want to stress as well. I am someone who does go to therapy. I actually have PTSD. I have lots of trauma that I hold on to and I'm someone who bottles a lot and it's very difficult for me to go to my friends and speak to them, especially in a space where now I'm surrounded by so many new people, so many new friends. And I have my friends from home, like Hafiz and like our whole entire crew, like it's great, but we're all in different places, doing different things and all of that. And you always find new friends in places where you are. And it's very difficult for me to actually get to a place where I can be open about um, certain things at a certain level and one thing that has really really helped has been therapy and it's not like I'm going crazy it's not like I'm having flashbacks every second and stuff I when I started therapy it wasn't because I was feeling psychotic I just needed to talk and uh, sometimes offloading a lot of trauma on people especially from the beginning and stuff and from the get-go is a lot so be there for your friends uh, let them allow them to be there for you that's my other big issue this year as well has been so difficult for me like the academic year some of my friends can tell you suddenly during quarantine period I told them hey did you know I was gonna drop out and they were like wait what and I didn't tell them all these things there were certain things that I was dealing with and you have to allow them to be there for you because it's not like I didn't know that I didn't have the support I knew it 
I have friends, both guys and girls, even in my, specifically in my class who have said we're there if you need something. At times when I looked like I was going to burst into tears in class, like they were there and you need to allow yourself to be open to receive that. So be there for your friends, let them be there for you and um, be open to to going and getting professional help if you need it. It doesn't mean they're going to put you on medication or put you in a psych ward. Just go and get help. Now, I want to end on a bit of a lighter note. I don't want to end it super heavily, um, but I will say quickly that at the end, when I'm doing the outro, I will plug some resources that you guys can go um, and look at specifically. I will do them specifically for men's mental health, but then I will also do them in general. And I'll have other episodes that deal with that as well. Now, what has your, what has been the best, I guess, um, success or moment that you've had in terms of your mental health where this year specifically, I think it's, it's good to talk about the good moments that we have, especially during so much just like hectic stuff happening. What has been a moment this year where something happened, you can say what it is when you don't have to, where you just felt great you felt like okay in this moment specifically things are great i'm happy and i have my life together um do you know what especially this year they're they're hard to come by this year i'll be honest <laughs> yeah. um uh no don't get me wrong this year's been it's been so challenging for so many people, so millions and millions of people, everyone around the world, really. Um, but one part, one part that sort of stands out for me is um, in September, so just last month, just before we came back to uni, um, I went away. I went to I went to Poland I went to Krakow for a few days for like three days with one of my mates and um, bearing in mind that we'd been locked up for six months and obviously Miriam you and I had been doing uni work at home no motivation oh, no nothing right. you know what I had thoughts of I might drop out I, 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 I genuinely might like I got to a point where I was just like is this really worth it at this point? Um, but obviously I stuck it through and I've made it to my last year somehow. Don't know how, but, um, and I was at that bar and I sat next to my mate. And I was just like, do you know what life? I was just very, very upbeat about everything. I'm very, very, um, very, very happy. And, um, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big journey because, um, I also went to therapy. I went to therapy when I was, um i was fifth from the age of 15 to 16 so about a year and a half i went to therapy i did it once a week um because i had like i said i was bullied growing up um yeah i went through a lot of negative stuff um suicidal thoughts you name it all of these sorts of things um and i did therapy for a year and a half and it changed my life and then i moved from australia where I completed school back to the UK where I was born and where I grew up. Um, and um, yeah, I was at, I came to uni and then, you know, the last five years, it's just been, it's just been an absolute journey the last five years, but it got to that point when I was in Poland last month and I sat down with my mate, 21 years of age in a different country. Like it was just, it was, it was that moment where I was just like, life is, life is, life's good. Consider all things considered, you know, with, 
COVID and everything, all things considered, life's good. And I'm looking forward to the future. So that would be the part for me, I reckon, this year that was just best best moment of this year, I reckon. Yeah. Wow. That was, it's so nice to hear something positive from someone else as well. I mean, we all know our good moments and stuff, but you constantly take in negative news and stories and it felt really nice to hear that. And, yeah. and I know for the listeners, that'll be nice for them as well. Um, Hafiz, what about you? What was that one moment for you? I think the closest, you know, I got to, to, um, to feeling, to feeling that way was, Actually, at the, at the at the beginning of the year, when I got through the first um, the first round of the first round of exams, uh, and yeah, it, it it just that that was um a, a pretty calm moment. It was like two days before I had to start school again, <laughs> and and it was like you know I just got I got through I got through the semester and I got through um these. Um, you know, shitload of, of of exams that you know it, in in my uni, as as I've said before, there's nothing else that matters. You know, it's for your grade and for whether you pass or not outside of the exam. So it puts a whole lot of pressure on it. And then when when you when I got through it, and that was you know in in medical school, that was probably one of the harder exams. It's not the hardest, uh, I don't think so at least, but it's one of the harder ones. Um, and especially here with how it's conducted, it's, it's definitely one of the harder ones. So when I got through it, it felt, it felt nice because everything else, in, you know, I, everything else in my life outside of school is pretty constantly great in honesty. So I don't have too much to, to complain about in that, um, in that regard. Obviously, you know, outside of what's really currently going on back, back home. Um, but, you know, on, in, in, in usual in, in usual circumstances, everything else outside of, you know, the stresses that come from, from school is pretty, it's pretty good. So, yeah. I do want to say that I'm just, I'm really proud of, of both of you, not just for being here and, and talking about this, but for getting through uni, we've had such a tough year and we just left, you know, we thought maybe we would come back the one week. I know Ben, I think we had like, a news day I don't even remember if you were at the last news day and uh, our, our lecturers were telling us maybe you should take your things off of the computer because after next week so after next week's news day we are going to be shutting down all of a sudden I'm with my friend Ruth and we're on the bus and we came back from like a photo expedition and we get an email that we don't need to come back in anymore and it was very scary and going through that and for all three of us none of us are with our families for everyone listening we all have completely different situations, but all of us are away from home in the sense that we're not with our families and, and we're by ourselves. And we had to go through this entire period. We did it. We made it through. You both <laughs> killed it. You both made it through to the next year. So very proud of you for doing that. And thank you so much for coming because like I, I mentioned earlier on, there were so many people who had so many things to say but were scared of how they would be perceived, whether it was by their boys, by other girls, or just being afraid of that vulnerability. I understand it, but it it's really great that you guys decided to put your foot forward and uh, talk to me about this. So thank you so much. No worries. No worries. Thank Absolutely. you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting us on here. Of course. 
If you have made it to the end, thank you for listening. If you are struggling, I'm going to read out some resources, but in the UK, that you can access when you need to. If you need 24-hour listening support, you can call the Samaritans on 116123 or text SHOUT to 85258. You can also contact the NHS on their non-emergency line, which is 111. If you are actually having a life-threatening emergency, you can call the emergency number, which is 999. You will notice that all the numbers I decided to include are the 24-hour ones, and that's just because I don't want you to be in a position where you need help or someone to talk to and you don't get it because it is outside of work hours. It could be devastating, and it could be the difference between life and death. For men specifically, you can go to menshealthforum.org.uk for more resources specifically directed to you. Some other resources that I want to share are international, and I follow the Instagram accounts just for when I'm feeling down, but in that moment, all that I really need is just to maybe see something that uplifts me. The first account is called at make sure your friends are okay. And the other one is at T-W-L-O-H-A, which stands for To Write Love in Her Arms, which is an absolutely incredible movement, one that I will speak about in the future. Know that there are endless resources, including some that may be specific to your issue, so don't hesitate to reach out. Now, I know this episode focused on men's mental health um, and also we kind of spoke generally um, as well, especially since I was the one um, hosting the episode, I suppose, and I guess I can only give my perspective as a woman. But this isn't the only time I'm going to speak about it. Um, I do want to speak about it in a general sense as well and then targeted to specific groups as well. I am a woman, so I do want to bring that in and speak about our experiences and speak to my female friends as well. Um, but there are so many different angles that you can take mental health from and I just wanted this to be the start because it is November. It felt absolutely right for the time that I wanted the podcast to come back. And it is something that needs to be spoken about anyway. So I'm really thankful that you made it to the end of this episode. The next episode will be the start of the Sportsmen Turned Murderers segment. And we will be starting off with Chris Benoit. I usually post updates on my Instagram story. So if you'd like to keep up with that, my handle is at Miriam Claudine. That's M-I-R-I-A-M-C-L-A-U-D-I-N-E. If you have any questions, episode ideas, or just want to talk, feel free to DM me and I will respond eventually. Keep in mind, I do. I, I, not I do. I am in my final year of university, so I can get busy, but I will definitely respond. That's all from me for now. Bye, I guess. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)